I've got a message today from a, okay, Lisa McCollum got a message from a, a family we've been praying for. Here's her message. I saw that you're having a guest speaker at your church from Ghana. We will come to the 11 a.m. service. Hope to see you there. Hoping they'll be praying for the sick too. Duh. <laughs> I don't know if you met Seth Opler. Uh He said, Saul, Saul, the man in Solomon needs healing. We need a breakthrough. We need a mighty miracle that only God can do. He's going to come to the right place. You don't, but you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until the 11 o'clock service. But you should. But you're welcome to stick around. We, even if we run out of room, we'll get some folding chairs. But stick around. Let's pray and believe God for great things. So thank you, worship team. We can wrap this up. Yeah, good job. But let me just say this. Let me say this quickly. Um, uh, you know, in, in these situations, I always wonder, what, how much should I say? Because, you know, it's not, it's not hard to wander off verbally and then take up too much time. But on the other hand... I don't want to do a disservice to you or to Dr. Oblor by not saying enough for what's appropriate. The truth is there probably isn't enough that I could say that would be appropriate for me to honor and introduce uh, Dr. Seth Oblor. Yes, because of who he is and what he's accomplished around the world. Uh, I think I told you last time, uh, just recently, Orvis University, uh, they voted him the number one alumnus over 50 years of the school. Yeah, that's a big deal. But... Uh, in terms of doing crusade evangelism around the continent of Africa, planting churches, uh, uh, building on with he he's standing there thirty years ago now with Oral you know, on thirty acres of nothing, and them just and Oral planted a cross in the ground. He didn't give him any money. Oral didn't give Seth any money. He just gave him faith. He said, "I'm going to put this cross in the ground and prophesy." And 30 years later, there's a fantastic hospital, a burgeoning church, a school, a Bible school, a place that's training ministers, they're sending out pastors, they're planting churches around the region. It's a hub of hope and revival for that continent. And he is... <laughs> Sometimes uh, people think about slowing down. But he came and, he's, and uh, I, you know, he's vibrant and healthy. And uh, he has, uh, he's come with a few projects he's, he's still working on right now. He's, he's what the hospital, he said, he wants, he has a $250,000 project for the hospital. But he said, don't worry, I'm going to make, I'm going to make president of the ORU. I said, I'll make the university try to tech, tackle that one. So he's going to tell the president of ORU what to do. I like that. Uh, and then he said they have their, their, they too, like we have, they're, they're buying more chairs for their church. The Lord is adding. But then he said, there's a project that I'll invite you. He said, Heritage can participate with this one. And that is, we, he, he's invited us to help them uh, plant a church in that, in, that, in that other city in Ghana. And I'll, I'll tell you the name of it in just a few minutes when we do the offering. But um, there's just so much that he's doing. But the Lord, when, there is not a natural, hear me, friends, lean into this. Some of you maybe that are especially part of this house. There is not a natural, casual reason for Seth to come. He he doesn't he doesn't his he doesn't need any more space in his schedule. He's not bored. He has friends all over the nation in the East Coast, but he comes here not even just because he's not here for our offering. He doesn't really need that. But I believe, and he knows, the Lord sends him here because he has the Lord has something a, a message for us, something that to, to, of, the, of a deposit, and in the kingdom. 
Seth's done his job. He's come prepared, prepared his heart before the Lord. In the kingdom and the dominion of the Spirit, the rest is up to us. That in these next moments to open our hearts and lean in and say, Lord, what do you have for me today? You've sent this man from across the world to come and be with us this morning. We don't want to underestimate how significant that is. So, Lord, what do you have for us? What do you have for me? Would you say it out loud with me? Lord, what do you have for me? Lord, we just open our hearts today and we ask you to, to help us, our hearts, to be, to be open and soft, yielded. Lord, help us to bring our faith expectation today. Say, Lord, we, even beyond, Lord, uh, this, the, 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 a human being coming and just prophesying and speaking from the Word, Lord, we know, Holy Spirit, you have something for us today, this morning. Many of you have gathered today and you need breakthrough. You need, you need God's Word and His power in your life. And you've come with a very specific hope from the Lord. Don't be, don't, don't be hesitant to just lift that before him right now because Jesus is with us right now in the power of the Holy Spirit to meet, our, to meet us right where we are. How many believe that? Would you please help me, my, my, my friend, my bishop, Dr. Seth Obler, would you please welcome him this morning? Hallelujah. Well, you can clap your hands so loud. If it breaks, I'm a doctor. I will stitch it. <laughs> Let's give God a mighty clap in the heart. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. First, I want to congratulate you. I've, I was here some time ago, and yesterday we walked through your building and you've done marvelous job. So clap for yourself. You've done good work. I went through the children's department, every place, and I can see the excitement with Pastor because he was opening doors and showing me. And I like that. Amen? When there's nothing to show, the host feels bad. But when you have a lot to show, you feel proud. Congratulations, Heritage Church. Amen? Well, second, I want to thank you for sending us Brian. We love Brian. If you can't make full use of him, ship him to Africa. <laughs> no, the people love him, you know. He delivers quantum powerful word that you can chew on it for a year. And uh, he he's to me like a military man. If I'm going to Nigeria, a hard place, he will come. I'm going to DR Congo, he will come. DR Congo is not a small place. It's like seven steps to the cross. And when you arrive, tens of thousands of people. And Bran will be there, doesn't know what food we will serve. And one day I told them, this afternoon we're going to have caterpillar sandwich. Real caterpillar, you can see the legs. <laughs> to be safe, they just follow me what I pick. And you will always be safe with fried chicken and rice. <laughs> Do I have a companion who loves fried chicken and rice? <laughs> Amen. And sitting down yesterday with the family reminds me of my own... Uh, grandchildren, we have seven of them. 
One is in nursing school. Just God has given us grace to always look young. But one is in nursing school. Hallelujah. I came to speak something from the Lord for you. You are you ready? Well, you know, one day Jesus, he was invited by Jairus because his 12-year-old child was sick. He was not sick. He was on a way to die. And while Jairus was going, a woman who also had 12 years of bleeding came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. And then he, she was healed. Then Jesus said, who touched me? And then the crowd said, everybody touching What do you mean, who touched me? I want you to answer that question today, who touched me? Because it's a different touch. Then the woman who couldn't hide came and told Jesus, I did. I believe when I tie the hem of your garment, I will be made whole. What did she see that even Peter, James, and John couldn't see? Because they were all walking with Jesus. She saw that this man is on the way to raise a dead child. That means he carried resurrection power. He carried resurrection power, but he was wearing clothes, quiet. But the woman saw, if this man is on the way to raise a dead child, what is my bleeding issue? If I could touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. So don't restrict yourself, you know. I talk softly, I know myself, but I can feel power flowing. And all it takes is somebody who believes. I was speaking in downtown Presbyterian Church in Nashville, the same scripture. And then I opened up to them. This was where Andrew Jackson went to church. Very orthodox, pipe, organ, orderly. But I told the young man, tomorrow God will move. He said, not in downtown Presbyterian Church. I said, not when I'm preaching. So we started preaching, and the power of God was present to heal. And first, nobody came forward. An African-American man listening to me on the street walked forward, passed through, touched my body, slain in the Holy Ghost, healed. Then the rest stood up, began to pull out a 99-year-old woman, Mrs. Adams, came. He, she could even not get close to me, and the wind took her on the floor. But she went to her husband and said, the African preacher pushed me. And the husband said, honey, he didn't even get close to you. <laughs> From that time, they called a meeting, a session. What is it that makes the power of God flow? When I entered yesterday, I felt the glory of the Lord in this place. Give God a wave offering. I'm talking to my father. 
Right now in Cameroon, over 10,000 people, they've been sending me mail. We have a conference going. But I'm on the opposite side of the world for a reason for you. Amen? Because God has a divine assignment for you. How many believe God has a divine assignment? It could be spiritual. It could be non-spiritual. It's an assignment for life. I want to talk to you about my divine assignment. In Acts chapter 26, verse 17, Paul, when he was being converted on a Damascus road, this is what he was telling King Agrippa, that God told him, I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light. Your church, you will show people different between dark and light. Can I have amen? amen? There are many churches, but it's as dark as it was before. But you will show the light. So that they will choose light. To show the difference between Satan and God. Today some churches don't know the difference between Satan church and God's church. But here there is a difference. Can I hear bigger amen? Hey, the louder your amen, the bigger your miracle. Well, I'm getting to Africa now. And if your neighbor's amen is stronger than yours, he will get the miracle. With the hallelujah. I know you can shout because football, when there's touchdown, you shout. And when I watch the baseball, just hitting the ball into the clouds, they shout. And when they make a dunk, they scream. Hallelujah. 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 I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins for giving and a place in the family of God. Inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in me. Are you there? This was his very first conversion. He was on the road to Damascus with documents to kill the believers. Then he said, O King Agrippa, I want to tell you, I can't hide it from you. We're making this journey. And then I heard a voice in, heaven, in, in Hebrew, Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? Why do you insist on going against the grain? I said, who are you, master? And then the voice said, I am Jesus, the one you are hunting down like an animal. But now up on your feet, I have a job for you. I've handpicked you. Tell your neighbor, God has handpicked you. To be a servant and a witness to what's happened today and what I'm going to show you. Amazing story. Then he goes to Damascus, starts to tell people I'm a believer. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 20 to 25, his own old team, his old guard, wanted to kill him because they were following him and he has changed. So they made up their mind that they will pack by the gate and kill Paul as he leaves the place. You know the story. So the believers 
They watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night, put him in a big basket, and let him down the wall. Tell your neighbor, hold me in the basket. Tell to another, hold me in the basket. When they were holding him, all they knew is a young convert in the basket. They didn't really know who they were holding. Do you know who you are holding? Mother, do you know the child you are raising? As they lowered this child, a man, their hands may be tired. They may feel like, let's just drop him. But he's too much. Amen? Young girls tell them, do you know who you're carrying in the womb? They were holding a man who would travel from Jerusalem to Illyricum. One who would write First and Second Corinthians. Build up churches in Rome, Philippines, Ephesus, all across. They were holding him in a basket. They had no idea who they were carrying. See, like here, I don't know you, but I know your pastor. I know you are familiar with him. But I know down in the spirit what he would do. I like one amen. amen. See, when Moses' parents led him in the baskets on the river, they had no idea who was in the basket. You will not know. Tell your neighbor, look at me very well. Tell your neighbor, look at me very well. You will not recognize me in the future. It doesn't matter if you are old. You will do great things. Amen? Amen. So, parents, hold your children in a basket. Even if they're giving you trouble, hold them. They will change. They will be transformed. Can I hear a big eye, amen? Man, sometimes they give you problems. You feel like giving them up and dumping them. But they're pleading with you, hold us in the basket. Keep us in that school. See, Gabriella Douglas, the gymnast champion, many times she came home, she gave up. She said, they're discriminating against me. I'm not going back to the school. But the mother said, tomorrow you are going. Because she realized she was raising a champion. So hold those little ones in the what? Tell somebody, don't give up on your child. Don't give up on your child. And don't ever give up on Brian. He will come to you with great challenges. Like Evelyn used to ask Oral, did you hear from God? Did God say that? Amen? Yesterday I prayed for Laura because I'm looking at her face. I said, are you ready? (laughs) Hallelujah. When they held him, you know the rest of the story. He came to Jerusalem and he wanted to preach. But God said, I have an assignment for you. I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders. 
to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God, that they will receive forgiveness of sins in their heart. Names written in the book of life. Hallelujah. And Paul did that. He said, I've finished the race. He was commissioned in Acts 13, verse 1 to 3, in a strange church in Antioch. Then the Holy Spirit spoke. Said, Give me Paul and Barnabas. You understand? When we get together, me and Larry, him, and we are before the nations, sometimes we wonder why will God use us? We've been in places where even my clothes, they can't touch my clothes. But at home, I sleep. They wash my clothes. But they're so hungry for God. Cameroon, 10 hours standing on the rain. Till God anoints them. Hallelujah. They could line up hundreds of lines, touching one another, and the Spirit of God would run like electricity through them. So where he sends, I will go. That's why I came here. That you are part of that goal. Amen? God said, I'm sending you off. It could be to your neighbor. It could be to the McDonald's shop. And with all boldness, you're looking at me. I was sent to Soviet Union when I was 19 years old. And I preached in the Soviet Union, preached to soldiers, went to Europe, smuggled Bible, was arrested, Poland and Russia, Brest, KGB, arrested me with Bibles. <laughs> but the Lord said, don't be afraid. Planted churches underground everywhere till they get tired of me. <laughs> Remove my scholarship. Send me back home. And they wrote to my government, these boys, they are more dangerous to state security. But I carry no weapon. I carry the weapon, I must correct it, but not the weapon they think. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. <laughs> They asked me whether I'm serving the CIA. I really didn't know what the KGB man meant, so I said, yes, I'm a Christian in action. <laughs> That's CIA. <laughs> Woo! Smuggled Bible arrested, but I love it. It brought me a great testimony. It opened doors for me at Old Roberts University. By hearing that the Russians kicked me out, many sponsored me in America. All things worked for good for them that are called. So when they put Moses on that basket, God had a plan. Of all the people from Pharaoh's own house, where the rule came from, a woman woke up and took that baby. The only mother who was paid for breastfeeding her own child. 
and became a deliverer. That's divine assignment. In Judges chapter 6, verse 12, a young man called Gideon, from the tribe of Manasseh, the lower tribe, hiding. He was threshing wheat in the wine press. In other words, it was time for wine, grapes, but he took it to where wheat is worked on because nobody would notice there's work going there. But while he was doing that, an angel appeared to him and said, you are a mighty man of valor. You shouldn't be running away. You are chosen. And he said, where is our God who did this and that? And he tested God. The same young boy who was hiding blew the trumpet of war. And when you blow trumpet, you are showing your location. Everybody will know you are there. May Gideon's arise in the name of Jesus. He, your, fa- your pastor, he taught this Lombardo. Say Lombardo. You know what it means? It means receive. You don't receive like that. You receive like a quarterback receiving ball from the, the receiver receiving ball from quarterback. He runs and gets it. He somersaults and gets it. So whenever I reach you, I'm giving you gift. Amen. That young boy became strong, delivered Israel, fulfilled his divine assignment. What is your divine assignment? It's good, Paul said, Paul, an apostle to the Gentiles. That is his vision, his mission. A photo in your mind's eye of where heritage wants to reach. Is it only Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, beyond the river, beyond the Atlantic? How far you want to go? How far you want to send him? Are we there? I have to talk about the ladies so they don't feel like I'm picking all the women. Luke chapter 1 verse 29. Simple woman in Nazareth, Mary. When she saw the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. Shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of the Lord forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. That's a prophecy beyond Mary imagination. She just wanted to be a simple carpenter's wife. Build a small house in Bethlehem. Now you're talking about kingdoms and dominions and beyond. And he will reign over the house of the Lord forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said, how can this be? How can it be? I'm just simple. 
and you can add your all inferiority complex. I'm not rich. I'm not poor. I cannot talk. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a preacher. You don't need all of the above. The angel said, Mary, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. And then the enabling... When I talk like that, I feel the Holy Ghost moving. How many here feel the Holy Ghost like I feel? Because it's all around here. In the old believer, you can talk tongue. I'm your son. Just, there's freedom here. He said, how can this be? He said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The same Holy Ghost that was in the creation when everything was void. But the Spirit of God was moving over the waters. And through him all things were made. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. And Mary was thinking, this is too much for me. I can't believe it. And God doesn't work without faith. So Mary must have faith to believe in what God's assignment will be. So the angel said, your aunt Elizabeth, the one who is barren in the hill country of Judea, you go there, see him now. He's pregnant. She will say something to you, and faith will rise up. So she rose up, went to the hill country. As soon as Elizabeth saw her, she said, how come the mother of my Lord should come to me? Instantly. He said, as soon as you greeted me, my baby leaped to salute something in your womb. You believe in what I'm saying? I'm taking you to the rest of the world, though. The blood is stronger than the bondage and hard criminals in Seattle. I used to work in Chicago, Cabrini Green. Difficult area where the baseball bats hit people's head. And I'm in the emergency room. But my God is stronger. His blood can deliver. I'm talking about young people in prison, never seen the best of their life outside, but they are in jail. In and out. One day I was in Oklahoma. All the women I prayed for, they are request. My son's been in and out. So I have to go and ask someone what is in and out means. He said, they've been in jail and out of jail. My God can break the jail. Release you. Can I hear a better amen? amen? I went to, you know, death row prison in Ghana in Sawan to preach. At the end of the preaching, I pronounced that God can save some of them. I prophesied to some. I wish I knew their history. I wouldn't have prophesied. But I said God will release them. Took 10 years. I'm sitting in my office. My secretary brings me a note. These two guys are waiting for you. I said, no, they are in prison. Death row. He said, they're sitting here. (laughs) 
I went there, I, I, I hugged them. They said, 10 years ago, you said we would be released. Every weekend, we listen to you on Living Manor. And because of the election, the president favored the prisoners, released some prisoners, and we were released. So we are here ready for your Bible school. I cried. One of them murdered an American from Texas. Came on tourism. They were riding high on cocaine. They got into the African bush. He was trying to sexually harass her, club her to death. He never spoke this truth. But one Easter Sunday after he walked, he watched the death, the resurrection of Jesus. He said, Pastor, I want to write to the parents in Texas that I killed their daughter. And he wrote them and they wrote back. Now you are a believer like us. You are forgiving. God can save those you think he cannot save. Tell your neighbor God is sending you out. Are you ready? Are you really ready? See, I like your pastor because he's energetic. By 5 a.m., I'm sending him notes. He will say, yes, sir, it's done. I said, I like that. <laughs> and it's done. He's not playing game. This is not game. This is life and death. This is crucifixion of Jesus. I've been put, I've been arrested by KGB. But let them arrest me again. Because those I... Witness who are now leading churches in Africa, in Sacramento. I met them after 30 years. Wow! I'll do it again. Amen? Now, how did I, what are the things I can tell you, strategies to fulfilling your destiny? You need an empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. You will receive what? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you don't go in your own strength. It's not knowledge. It's anointing. It's the enabling power of God will come over you. So even Peter who was hiding from a woman. Will say I will go. For he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. You pursue it like a race, not walking. Philippians 3.12, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ also laid hold of me. I do not count myself to have apprehended. The one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I press on. I told my church, all that Brian said, I erase it is zero. No hospital, no church, fresh page. Let me start again. Let me start in Kumasi. 
Oral is gone, dead. But God is not dead. I have maids that can write $100,000 check. They're retired now. But God has not retired. He's still alive. He's still strong God. Amen? Joseph said, I will die. But God who doesn't die will come to your aid. Aid will come to Heritage Church. Can I hear amen? Greater works you will do. It took you only one year to do all this. You will not plateau. You will not stay on Mount Sinai too long. Even though the tablets of the you know, the laws were written on Mount Sinai. Even though God wrote on the stone and Moses broke it, God told Moses, bring another stone. I'll write again. Dream another dream. He said, you have dwelt too long on this mountain. Break camp and move. Start another business. See this guy, he was in charge of a big oil company. He became uh, Secretary of State, or the one who was helping Trump, and he resigned. But he took another job. Fresh legs. You're not old. You're not retired. You're refired. Use your talent. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Forget the things that are buying, press forward. We call that maximum momentum. Run the best you have ever run. Run for the gold. Reach out for souls like you never reach out. Plant seed like you never planted seed. Pray like you never. Raise hands up. Everybody, let's raise hands up. 